definitely not the starters. You're on the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Hey, what's happening? Happy Monday. Good morning and welcome on to the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, 100.7 The Score mobile app as well. We are the end of the bench. We're with you for the next three hours all the way till high noon. Alongside Jeff Haxton, I'm Choice Woodman, Lucas White across the way taking care of us. You too can join us. Your thoughts, your comments, your questions, hopes, dreams, whatever you got, bring it in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line through that 100.7 The Score mobile app, but uh, specifically reaction to what you saw this weekend. As usual, we are here to be your Monday morning therapy session. Unfortunately, for uh, Saturday's Texas Tech loss to Kansas State, I've watched that movie before. Um, We will talk about that. Uh, if you're an Astros fan, step away from the ledge. We are, we can console you or just rub your noses in it a little bit. I, I'm not ready to do that. No. You, you got you got three more wins. Rangers not time fans, for that but, yet. But that felt good last night if you're sure a Rangers did, fan. Yeah. That, sure, that was a nice pick-me-up to, to finish the weekend off for sure. Um, no Cowboys reaction because they play tonight. We'll... Uh, We'll dabble in that a little bit as Cowboys are out west taking on the Chargers. What's up, Ax? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, these weekends, if there's uh, there's been a ton of soccer's on Sunday. That was great too. And if for some reason that amps up the speed quite a bit, um, feels like usually on Sundays you can get a little bit of a breath. And one last breath, just kind of sorry. Was that Creed? No, it was Creed. I had oh, there's more coming up today. <laughs> Me um, too. Yeah. <laughs> Did we do the same song? Okay. All right. Just making sure. Um, so, no, I, it's just been going faster and faster and faster with these uh, soccer's on in the afternoon. Yesterday was gorgeous, and we had an unbelievable crowd out there. Yeah. And um, they won 1-0 over the Cow Gals, mm-hmm. and they were undefeated at home. 10-0-0, so that was a great way to close up shop on the weekend. And That's crazy. It is a lot of fun when you get done with that. You can kind of say, okay, now let's go turn on the TV and kick it and watch and cook or do whatever. But um, overall, a pretty darn good weekend. Um, as I'm sure we're going to break down, tear down, rip apart. Uh, Texas Tech football with Kansas State is really to the point where it's um, it's unbelievable. But if you look at the current situation, they find themselves in with the quarterback, the signal caller, then it is quite believable. So we'll get into all that, I'm sure. But um, I, I found myself after that game really wanting to flip on a microphone and, and talk it out. And <laughs> instead, I just did soccer prep and listened to Garrett Luft and Chuck Hines nice. from the Overton. Those guys do a great job with that show. So that's what I did instead. And I texted Chuck a novel on what I thought. And yeah. so now I get to talk about it today. And you get to uh, unleash today, mm-hmm. as as do you. Yates Flooring Center chat line. Hey, we take phone calls too. 
Visual Edge IT hotline. If anybody wants the the voice to actually be heard, you can do so. 806-771-0973. We'll take some calls later if you want to uh, chime in that way. I'm going to uh, react to people's reactions, Hacks. to tell everybody why we're all a bunch of one-trick monkeys around here in, uh, in Lubbock, Texas. Okay. Because I, I'm a little frustrated. I, I'm extremely frustrated with the result because, again, you know what's coming. You can't stop it. It's Kansas State. It's Kansas State K-Stating, and I hate it. It's been so frustrating. With a guy you've never heard of. It, with a guy you've never heard of. But that's what they do. So I'll react to some reaction I'm getting frustrated with because we're we're channeling largely, I say we as the, the public, tra- channeling the anger and frustrations um, in the wrong area, in my opinion. At least the, the start of it, where it should have started from Saturday. So we'll get into that, and this is based off of social media message board reaction and i'm sure what we'll see a lot of on the yates flooring center chat line um lots of of that to get into actually we will talk some some rangers we haven't seen something like this in a while in in major league baseball six and oh start to the postseason i mean this team it's not over obviously you've got what would it be 13 games total you got to win if you're going to be a world series champ do I have that number right? Got to get to nine this series, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. So you, you got Math a lot of was games. not told to me that it was part of something I needed it, to do today, so you don't bring that math I at will, me. I will not bring that at you. That's kind of mean. But, you know what? I, I look at the Astros, and, and I was like, I mean, they're so good. Um, they got uh, – they got the the star out there on the mound. They got um, one through seven can rake. Uh, eight and nine have not done nearly as well as as Texas's eight and nine, which features Josh Young in the playoffs. But then you come back around, and it's just that kind of weird camp win at home. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe that will be the difference for the Rangers. I, it, it's such a weird thing because. The Astros all year long have been very mediocre at home. Yep. It's a weird deal. And they were talking about that after. I hadn't thought about it until I they brought it up afterwards. I was like, yeah, man, maybe that makes the difference. And these guys go to I mean, the World What was Series. their home record? It was close to 500. It was under 500. Below. It was it below? I Did think it was under 500 by a couple games. That's That's crazy. That's crazy. They just can't win in that building. Mm. And the bad luck of that building for Bregman, too, last night. <laughs> the literally hit it three feet to the left, and I, it's a bomb. I couldn't believe the um, the launch angle, so the shot from the outfield. Yeah. As I watch that ball go off the bat, you're like, that's gone in every ballpark. Except that one. <laughs> and it comes down into his glove in that little corner, and I, well, I went crazy. I oh, me too. I couldn't believe it because off the Carter. bat. And also, I mean, when it went towards that corner, I'm like, oh, no. Rookie back there, toughest little But he made plays cranny. in the first inning. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it he made was. made two tough plays in the first inning. What a, what a run it's been. I mean, that, that's this joy for the Rangers is something. For Rangers fans, we've been jealous of the Astros for, for a while now, and uh, you haven't felt this in a while. So, And you're always going to temper it because we sure. watched the thing go down to 2011 and you know the ball's in the air and you're going to be world champions you're, two, and, you're one strike away 
yeah. one out away. So, and so, yeah, it, you, you got to keep it in check. But, man, I am, I'm excited. I remember Perry was about nine pounds <laughs> in 2011. Yeah, he's never experienced this at all in his and, um, Rangers fandom. He's like, so what is this? I was like, well, when you were born, son, this is uh, kind of the the area that they were in vying for uh, a World Series championship. And, um, man, there's a, it's a lot happening, that's for sure. whole lot rolling in on the AIDS Flooring Center chat line. Your reaction is uh, pouring in as expected, as it is an overreaction Monday Got a lot to get to. We'll fill you in some headlines. Well done. The uh, most extreme elimination challenge yeah. reference there. We will get to it. We've got some headlines we'll fill you in on. Tell you when and where you can catch the Cowboys tonight. <laughs> and the Rangers this afternoon. we got afternoon baseball coming up. It is the end of the bench till noon on 100.7 The Score. Definitely not the starters. You're on the end of the bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Thanks for hanging with us on a Monday. It is the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score and 107thescore.com. Choice Woodman, Jeff Haxton here in the First United Bank studio. Keep uh, hitting us up. Whatever thoughts, comments, questions you want to bring in, you can do so on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We'll react to a lot of your reaction. Uh, coming up, but starting you off with the headlines for this Monday, October the 16th. And starting off with the Texas Rangers, they win it 2 nothing over the Astros last night to stay perfect in the postseason. Uh, Leody Tavares got the home run uh, a little bit later in this one to make it 2 nothing. No doubter. Got uh, a gift wrapped out late in the game from Jose Altuve. That one... Well, it was kind of nice. Forgot to touch second base. Got to retrace your steps. Always got to do it. That one was one of the more unique ones, though, mm-hmm. because he had just stepped one step on the other side of the bag. And as soon as you clear it, though, yep. you got to go back. Did not step back on the bag. Would have made it in plenty of time had he stepped back on the bag. It's not like it delayed him a bunch. But um, nonetheless, Rangers win it 2 nothing. Those two teams have afternoon baseball. Today, we'll have the game for you on Double T 97.3 for the Rangers broadcast. They say 3 o'clock. Is it 3.30 first pitch? I thought it was a 3 o'clock first pitch. I may have said it wrong. Um, Either way, Rangers and uh, Astros at 3 o'clock on Double T 97.3. Astros got to be 3.30. At 3.05. Yeah, I think it is. 3.37. Thank you. So 3.05 coverage start time right here on 100.7, the score for the Astros broadcast. Later tonight, Dallas Cowboys football. Well, we do have one more baseball game. We'll take that that one as well on 100.7, the score. Diamondbacks-Phillies game one of the NLCS. Find out who the Astros go D-backs. or Rangers will be playing. Agreed. Let's go Snakes. Agreed. I'd, I'd like to take on the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Um, Cowboys at Chargers tonight. After uh, a full slate of games on Sunday, some surprise games, including those 49ers losing to the Browns. We saw that one coming. Um, they blew a kick late, right? Yeah. Had a uh, fairly not, easy yeah, field not goal. Like a For 55 NFL, yarder either. Yeah, NFL standards, an easy field goal. Missed it wide right. Uh, Texans got a win yesterday as they take out the Saints 22 13. And then uh, Dallas will play tonight 
as they are out west taking on the Chargers, the well-rested Chargers who are coming off of a bye. Cowboys three and two, Chargers two and two. Let's go Bolts. Joking. Just Kick joking. off at seven. Don't want anybody to get mad. We're already mad enough. We can make one one person mad or the other. Got Lucas going in there to like, yeah. Bolts. That's what he's wanting. Seven fifteen kickoff. We'll have it for you on double T. Ninety-seven three. Uh as Hacks mentioned earlier. How about the Texas Tech soccer team? Ten and O, a perfect season for the first time in program history. Ten and O after a one nil victory last night. What was it about twentieth minute? Or sorry, not twentieth minute, seventieth minute or so last night. It was about twenty minutes left on the clock when the uh, goals scored by Ashley Williams yesterday afternoon. It was it was fairly late in the second half, right? No. No, it was first half. Thirty first minute. Okay, I don't know what I was looking at then. Nonetheless, Williams gets the uh, gets the goal. So it was a first half goal. Sorry. Yeah. Twenty minutes left in the first half. Thank you. Thirty first. And then you hold on the rest of the way. Madison White some fantastic saves in the game too. To oh, she's an interesting case because the they've sheet. got eleven wins. They're like twenty something in the country and goals scored. But they haven't scored since September. They've lost five straight. Oh, my goodness. They've lost five straight and haven't scored a goal since September 28th. That's wild. And it's been 1-0 four of the five times. Oh, my goodness. That's that's wild. So they've got a lot of pieces. They're just banging their heads against the wall because they can't score. So Tech Soccer Hacks, um, you got a week from today will be the next match against Iowa State. All you need in that one, if my math serves me correct, because BYU plays today, they've got 18 points. Texas Tech's at 23. All you need is a draw to get at least a share of the Big 12 title. That's where you sit right now. So you draw in Ames, you share at least the Big 12 title, you win, you guarantee it outright. That's what it'll it'll come down to. There should be big favorites in that. And if, and if BYU does anything less than a win tonight, then a draw gives you the outright Big 12 title. I think, again, math not my strong suit, but I think that's what it'll it'll boil down to. So BYU has one uh, tonight. Uh, don't forget high school fan zone tonight. Actually, I don't believe we have fans on tonight. Fan zone, uh, no go for tonight because we have Astros baseball that may bleed into it. So uh, we'll have fan zone picking back up for you tomorrow evening with uh, coaches from Monterey and Lubbock High. You two can join us. Uh, whatever thoughts, comments, questions you got, bring those in on the AIDS Flooring Center chat line. Whole lot rolling in, and we will we'll dive in. Uh, <laughs> love you guys. Tennessee Raider says, Texas Tech football is six feet from the edge, and I'm thinking maybe six feet ain't so far down. <laughs> well done on the Creed lyric there. Bullfighter says, run the football. Uh, Central Texas Hank says, I watched the soccer match, so I'm good. Hex and Bridget do a great job on the call. There you go. <clears throat> uh, Thank you for your support on that deal. Appreciate it. Uh, this one, I don't understand why I get so excited for football every year. We are never good. We won't ever be good. It's just the reality. And if our coaching staff doesn't get a lot better on the field, we will never have a chance. You know, <clears throat> Someone pointed this out on the morning drive. You, the the frustrating thing is you haven't had. I mean, there's there's the optimistic fans that are like, all right, this is our year. 
It's like it's like the movie fans. All right, this is the year. And if it doesn't go it. that way, then this wait till next year. Right. It's this year or wait till next year. So th- there's those fans. But in terms of holistic expectations, you, you haven't had full big time expectations until this year for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2013, you had some going in, or I guess 14 after a good start under Cliff Kingsbury. 2009 was the last time you had real big expectations. And you just, it's been a letdown. There's no question. Three and four was what no one envisioned. Um, Actually, I think one of the more frustrating parts of it all is you've been favored in six out of your seven games. (laughs) You've been favored in six out of seven, and you're three and four right now. You're favored again this week. Go figure. Whatever. It's four and a half was the line I saw this morning. I think you opened at two, and people are betting tech. So. I mean, I know the BYU result in Fort Worth was ugly. I mean, it was uglier How about than what you that? had here. But good pick. But still, four and a half. Oh, I picked it too. We'll get our pick them results, or at least a portion of them. I don't know if it's coming down to tonight or not. Uh, we'll get that in a little bit. But that's where we sit, is that you finally do give kind of expectations for the whole fan base to be excited about. You're ranked in the preseason. Um all of it build up and then just splat. And, and you're sitting here with your third string quarterback, a guy that never played a college snap, having to come in and and do it against the most methodical and disciplined team in the Big Twelve. And they looked like it, unlike the previous week against Oklahoma State. And it just it. No one, no one's having any fun right now. I mean, yeah, you won two games in a row, and it looked like you're heading in the right direction, but it, it just feels like you took those two games and took the two steps backwards in one game. So, I got so many thoughts. I don't want to get started. Just yeah, I yet. know. I, I know. We're all break. we got we got a bunch of them. Um, hope El Jefe likes that bowl of L A for breakfast in the morning. L A. Maybe it was L. Maybe they didn't mean to put the L. That bull of L. I hope El Jefe likes that too. Um, Chuck owes me lunch. God, can we just talk about soccer? Tech soccer, Kansas City football, and Rangers baseball. <laughs> we'll get some of that. Except the KC football hasn't been that pretty this year. Yeah, it's not, They're still getting wins. But. Yeah, it's not the souped up. Sports car that it's been not a, not even close um, not on the offensive side. In years past, <sighs> I hate this text, but it's very well done. Everything runs through Lubbock, except especially Avery Johnson. That sucks, but it's accurate. Oh man, five touchdowns. Mm. The the simplicity of it all mm-hmm. was. Uh huh. I mean, yeah, he looks like the prototypical. New, old quarterback at K-State. It's Colin Klein with a wig. Yeah, but, <laughs> dude, the holes that they were creating. Oh, I know, I know. The pulling guards and centers. Which will you could have run like crazy. Which will lead me into my one-trick monkey thoughts in a little bit. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench Podcast from 100.7 The Score. 
Onward to hour number two. It is the end of the bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app brought to you by Happy State Bank. Alongside Jeff Haxton, I'm Choice Woodman. Lucas Smite across the way handling us. Uh, keep the thoughts and commentary rolling in. We're going to get to as much of yours as we possibly can there on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We will uh, continue on through some of that. Some disagreement with uh, my little, I wouldn't call it a rant, but mini rant, I guess, on uh, the defense and the frustrations there. We'll get back to uh, some of that reaction momentarily, but I've got to allow you plenty of time for uh, to your frustrations to be vented today, Hacks. So, yeah, the I, floor is yours. My, uh, my, 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 my. It goes back. This is this is not. Um, specifically Kansas State related. This is related to the start of the season when you had Tyler Shuck. You have a guy back there who's got all this experience and it felt like after a few games, the entire uh, place wanted him replaced by Baron Morton and it almost felt like he was being used that way because of how many times you slammed him up into lines of scrimmage, how many times you were handing him the football. So I heard, I've heard all this about identity and uh, air raid offenses, and none of it looks like that. When you started the season, you had three quarters against Wyoming where it looked like you wanted to throw the football and occasionally hand it off to Taj. We all know we didn't hand it off to Taj as nearly as much as they needed to in Wyoming and Oregon and all these games until finally he's starting to get his totes and then he doesn't get enough totes against Kansas State. But you kept slamming him up in there. And what did you think eventually was going to happen when you're using him like a Kansas State quarterback? This guy, God bless him, is going to get hurt. He ends up snapping his leg in the game against West Virginia. So eventually, yeah, and, and that was on a scramble. That wasn't on a designed run, so I understand. But I I did some numbers here, some just rough figuring. This year, Tyler Shuck, he's still your second most used guy by far as far as rushing the football. He's rushed it 48 times, I think, uh, Cameron Valdez has rushed it 24 times. So it goes Brooks, 131. Okay. Shuck's still 48. And remember, Tyler played three games and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Three games and a quarter, he still has by far number two in rushes in this game. And then now we're through seven games. That's how much they were running Shuck. If Shuck were to sit, stayed healthy, and and I dropped off the four rushes that he had against West Virginia, so 44 of those rushes were against Wyoming, Oregon, and Tarleton. Right. And they didn't have to run him against Tarleton. You see this jumping back and forth of identities. We're going to throw it around until we think we might lose. Now we're going to run, 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 run. That's what they did against Wyoming. Still lost. From the jump against Oregon. Run, 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 run. And not with Taj Brooks, 
with your quarterback, Tyler mm-hmm. Shuck. So your identity's jumping back and forth. You get your guy hurt. Bear Morton gets a shoulder knockdown. I averaged this out. If it would have continued, if Shuck would have stayed healthy, if he would have got through these seven games, yep. he'd be sitting at 100 rushes of the football where Taj Brooks is going to be an NFL running back is currently at 131. If Shuck would have stuck around, he'd be just 30 rushes behind Taj mm-hmm. Brooks. So, in a way, you put yourself in this position, and I'm not. he could have gotten hurt on a drop back. We've seen that happen to Alan Bowman. He got hit, punctured lungs, and, and broke collarbones. And uh, Jet Duffy broke a foot. I mean, yeah, it, I'm curious what the number is on... Yeah, like I on the injuries ver- on running plays versus passing plays because Bowman's was on a on running play. Um, the first one was on a passing play. The oh the sandwich the West Virginia sandwich yes, that was, was that was a passing, that was passing play. play. But then when he goes to the like corner, he, of the he's end going zone to the against, pylon against OU. That, that was, was on a running a run. play. So I'm I'm curious what that is what that number would look well, like the last six last years. Last year it was on Duffy a run. Duffy was probably a running play. But Shuck I don't was know. on a run last Shuck, year. Shuck was on a Shuck run. Shuck was on a run this year. What about like last year was Texas on a run? I think you're right. It was when he went into the end zone. Shuck oh, got hurt no, no, the first sorry. game of the sorry. year. Two years ago against Texas, I'm pretty sure was on a run for Shuck as well. So that's three times. I think you're right. And you want to bash this guy up into the line, and now you're wondering about your quarterback depth and why it's not there. Well, it's on you. It's your fault, in my opinion. Your fault being the coaches. Because you acted like this guy was either indestructible or mm-hmm. dispensable. That's the way it felt. Like, he's going to keep running, he's going to be just fine, no problems. Or, hey, if he gets banged up, we got Barron, and everybody wants Barron to play anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody wanted, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. Um, so, now, let's get to true freshman quarterbacks coming out there, playing against each other under the Saturday Night Lights. Well, what's one side do? Pull the big old fellas, okay? Pull your guard, pull your tackle, let him hop up and follow. They block it as assignment football. They've got everything blocked off, and he doesn't get touched. Now, everybody made him out to be this track star. Yeah, he's a great runner, but let's take it easy. He didn't have much to, to negotiate on those runs. It's not like he was Michael Vicken all over the place and he was – you know, making people miss and break at ankles. Oh. Okay, he was pretty much straightforward north south and running it right into the end zone. We're on the other side, it's fourth and two. Taj Brooks is right by you, and you do a flyer pattern down the right boundary. Yeah. And then you're only down two scores. There's ten minutes left in the game. You're playing and snapping the ball like there's forty seconds left in the game. Huck it, chuck it football for a true freshman. Where, and again, I don't. Where's Bradley at? I mean, he he won't. He doesn't look like he wants to compete. You got Baylor Cup. You only target him one time. The only way that you would have had success is to do what Kansas State did, but a little bit differently. We saw him rip off the long run. You needed to go intermediate with mm-hmm. tight ends, with out routes, with slants quick hitters, get the ball out of his hand, and keep it underneath those guys from Kansas State who are just playing center field, 
and then rush the football with Taj Brooks and Strong. That's the only way that you were going to have success in that second half. They did not even want to try it. It felt like it was just like we have got to throw it 50 yards down the field, and that's all we're going to do. And I know this all comes off as very critical, but these are just things that I've seen and processed through these first seven games of the year. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Rolling on to hour number three. It's the End of the Bench on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Brought to you as always by Happy State Bank. Alongside Jeff Haxton, I'm Choice Woodman. Lucas White across the way taking care of us. Also yours on the uh, AM dial 950. Remember you need for that or television. Fox 34 News now. I'm on. However, wherever you're joining us from, glad that you've chosen to uh, make us part of your Monday. We will continue to uh, hit the chat line pretty hard because uh, you've got thoughts and we want them to be heard. So we'll we'll hit you uh, with all of that. Uh, starting now. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Don't give up on... Jake Strong yet? Remember Mahomes' first game? That was from Clay. I do remember his very first pass. That <laughs> was a uh, disaster interception. You remember that? It was at OSU. Yeah. In those I mean, uh, ombre white uniforms. Yeah. Oh my goodness, those were something. Yeah. Um, something bad. I remember it. Not not the greatest game. Look, I again, I, I'm not giving up on Jake Strong. I don't think a lot of people are. I think most people are blaming Kitley instead of Strong or the offensive play calling instead of Strong. Strong is still responsible for some of the decision-making, most of the decision-making, whether that be pre-snap changes or whether that be um, just throwing it where he shouldn't have thrown it. Because throwing over the middle, not the right thing in the double coverage. Uh, Taj Brooks was wide open right below that, would have picked up five or six yards on a first down. Obviously, not the right throw to. I don't know whose decision it is on the fourth and one. I know a lot, a few people have talked about that fourth and two. I think it was, uh, and you go down the sideline to Bradley. I think it's fourth and two. Yeah, fourth not, and two. Not not the right call there. Don't know if that's quarterback. Don't know if that's Kitley. Don't know if that's giving your quarterback too much freedom there to do that. Um, not good, not good there. Uh, obviously, the pass to the end zone to Bradley where he just never sees the safety over the top and you're trying to go one-on-one there. That was a first down from the 20, I believe it was first and 10 from the 20. So there there was, and he, there was a fourth interception taken off the board that the guy just drops a pop-up in center field. I mean, that thing, (laughs) that sucker was his lollipopped out there so much where that the kid had it hit the ground. I was like, why are they? St- I don't. Know. Yeah, I've already been over all of it. I've I've already so, killed this morning in the first two hours. So anyway, um, yeah, I uh, bad decision making, but I I do walk away as crazy as it may sound. And South Texas Texas Ambassador Preston, I can't find his text because it's buried in a lot of them. Essentially said the same thing. Uh, maybe crazy to say. But there it is. Uh, I know it sounds dumb, but to me, Jake Strong, besides the interceptions, looked pretty good. I mean, when he completed passes over the middle, it was all over the field. He looked like he had the most control of the offense of all of them besides the interceptions. And that's kind of how I walk away. 
And I think it feeds into your point that Barron just looks hurt out there. He, he looks injured, looks like it's not. To me, it looks like he's about 40%. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's all the way there or even close to it. So Hard to play this game when and you're is, And is that why you yeah. saw the offense open up more under Strong because you trust the arm strength there more right now? Yeah, I think there's something to that, and I think there's something to also um, seeing the ball come out as live as it did out of his hand. I think one of the reasons it looks so live is because we've seen it come out of Barron's hand so kind of not that way. De- mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't want to say dead. It's not, it's not dead because he's – I'm telling you, I, I come away thinking Barron's really tough because I think he's playing oh, he's tough. with a shoulder down. A question about that. Yeah. And it's the one that he's got to use to throw the, the football with. So I come away thinking that Barron Morton's a tough, tough dude – and then once we see how it's supposed to come out of of somebody's hand, then it, okay, that that's a big difference because it was live. I'll give him that. When the ball came out, it was live. It had a lot of good to it. That release, without knowing a ton on what's going on uh, in terms of the Baron injury, I think I approached this week, and we get all week to talk about this, but. I, I'm probably approaching this week as Jake Strong's your starter. If I, th- this is what they did at Oklahoma State last year. Um, Donovan Smith was made the trip and traveled and was okay, but he was not fully healthy. So they gave Baron Morton his first start against Oklahoma State last year. I think that's what you do with Jake Strong here. If if Baron can even travel, then you you let him travel. You let him be there as kind of an emergency guy if needed. But I, I would take the healthier quarterback at this point and hope that Barron can get healthy with a bye week on the other side of this, and then you reset the deck after that. Decide, okay, how well did Jake Strong play against BYU? I like that you plan. Might, I, I think that's what I would do personally. That's what I'd do. I don't know if that's what we see, but... I'm, I'm a little surprised with with Joey McGuire saying, um, you know, I kind of expect... You know, Baron to be out there Friday, and I'm like, no. I mean, fifty uh, percent Baron versus a hundred percent healthy and yeah, and uh, fleet footed and big armed. I mean, I think you got to roll with that. And yeah. you know what you got to do too is you got to roll with twenty eight, man. He, and you, I think you get back to that this week. You are blessed to have him back there. I don't care about boxes and fits when it comes to where you're at with. A completely green quarterback and a guy that um, can still, I think, gouge out three to four yards, even if the boxes and the fits are a run. So, Hand it to 28, which is every, what everybody's begging for. First, on the chat line, there was asked, was Morton on the sidelines for the second half? I don't think he ever came back out. Never saw him. So you can take that for what it's worth. Does a shoulder injury keep you away from the sideline? Is there something more going on there? Uh, you can guess at that. The other part is I think you will – you and I talked about it on Optimum Game Day Live on Saturday that you were going to have to be able to throw the football a little bit better on Saturday to beat Kansas State because they were the number one rushing defense in the Big 12 coming in, and they looked like it for the most part. You broke a big run once with Barron – I mean, sorry, with, with Taj. You broke another big run that was out of a surprise um, with Jake Strong. But for the most part, they did bottle Taj up and I think, again, that's on your offensive line as much as it was 
anybody. Taj still fought for a few yards here and there, and he had a couple of nice runs. But in terms of rushing anything between the tackles, he had almost no success in that game. I think that will change this week. You should be able to run it better against BYU, and I am completely with you. Hope that you see them lean on number 28 quite a bit this week, especially if you're going to have a true freshman quarterback back back there and, and Jake Strong. Playing time is not required. This is the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Time for Ask the Bench Warmers. Bring your questions in now on the AIDS Flooring Center chat line through that 100.7 The Score mobile app and at 107thescore.com. Tweet us at 107thescore or uh, Dallas up on the Visual Edge IT hotline if you want to bring your question in verbally. 806-771-0973. Whatever you want to uh, ask, we will do our best to answer. Choice Woodman, Jeff Haxton, Lucas White with you. Questions for any and all of us are welcome. Hax, let's uh, kick it off with this one. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, does Micah Hudson start to question his commitment at this point? Knew we were going to get at least one of these this week. Based off what I've been told about the kid, no, but you never know. I mean, that's an 18-year-old high school kid. If he's 18, I don't even know yet. So, who knows? It doesn't hurt for his uh, commitment to start winning games again. Let's go that route. So, win, win more games. But... If I, I were, just don't have any clue about the recruiting or how he's feeling or what he's doing. If I, I were to be put on the spot, I don't. I don't think you're going to lose that recruit. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you're you're almost more worried about like have to be more worried about re- losing recruits after they get to campus <laughs> nowadays. Be like, eh, now he's he's not liking it here. He's an early enrollee, and it's like, oh no, and he's not liking what he saw in the spring, and then people are coaxing him, hey, hey. We got more money for you over here. Yeah. Uh, will Texas Tech ever be elite in football? That's from Red Raider Two Guns. I don't know. You've got a, a hundred or not not quite a hundred year history in football. I think a ninety eight year foot history in football, and you've never been in the elite category. Um when we're talking elite. If you're talking about being consistently elite, consistently elite, no, because you've got what two teams that have broken into that category in our in the last thirty years? Three. I mean, Flor- Florida Clemson. won Florida won a national championship for the first time, I think, in ninety six or ninety seven. They they broke in there. Uh, Clemson broke into the elite, and then Oregon like halfway has. Mm-hmm. They haven't won a title, but they've been nationally relevant. Outside of that, it's it's like the elitist club to get into in college football alone. You can do it in basketball. You can do it in other sports. But college football is the one that makes it almost impossible to do. So the answer is I doubt it. Um, to do something, a flash-in-the-pan year like TCU had last year, I think that is doable. It's hard, really hard. But you, you need like a closet full of rabbit tails i guess that's what sunny dykes has but i, I don't know it could it's happen rabbit's foot thank you it didn't feel right rabbit's foot i don't know why you'd have rabbit tails maybe just for that gumbo that i eat from once a year with let, me, let me give you the answer in uh in crazy call form 
There you go. There's my answer. Had to play some kind of drop today. We've no, been all I, tall. You're right. You're right. We did. Um, bench warmers will Tech make a bowl game? Uh, negative. I'm the eternal optimist, so I'll say yes. You got to win three. Basically, the, the Texas game feels very distant. So three out of your next four is what it takes. I do feel confident in your two home games. Means you've got to win one in Provo and one in one or one in Lawrence. And you're favored in Provo. I think FBI still has you favored in th- three out of those four games at this point. So I'll say yes. You get to six and six. X goes negative, which is probably more of a realist approach. Uh, Benchwarmers, will Jake Strong start Saturday? Yes. If I were putting money on it, I'd probably lean that direction. Yeah. Don't know anything inside. Don't know anything. Uh, I mean, but that's where I'd probably go. Val says, any word on Morton's shoulder? So it's along the same same lines. It's obviously worse than he let on. His passes had no zip every time. He got knocked down. He didn't bounce up and had a pained look on his face. Uh, word on his shoulder, no. I would guess you get some sort of addressing from McGuire when he uh, – he speaks to the media here in 10 minutes or however long it – I think it's at noon. But be interesting if he sticks with the – I feel like he's going to be the starter on Saturday um, or if he peels off that some because in the post on Saturday after mm-hmm. the loss, it's like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs out. I'll I, I'd be shocked if we see Baron Morton. That's kind of where I'm at. You know what your backup is right now? guy named Brady Boyd, who's a receiver, he is the backup. He's been in the quarterback room for a few weeks now, um, but that's where it's at. I guess Will Burns has some sort of scholarship issue with baseball. So there's a an issue going on there where he's, I guess, I, I don't, I'm not going to speak to this a ton because I don't know the exact details. I guess there's a gray shirt going on with football where he's not allowed to play this year. Hmm. And baseball, he was here a year early. So so some things there where if he goes on the field, it goes against Texas Tech's scholarship total. Does that make sense? Because if, there's there's something with college athletics. You can't have a baseball scholarship and a, ba- and a football scholarship. And since he's already on baseball, if you play in football, you have to have the football scholarship, something like that. I, I, don't, I don't know the exact details, but – Burns can't get activated right now, so therefore you are stuck with a receiver as your next quarterback. Crazy. Uh, will we see quarter Boyd as QB1 this year? Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, he, he can throw the ball, but he would be a majority Wildcat quarterback, and you're just oh, you're in a terrible, terrible spot if, if Boyd is QB1. But gosh dang it, you're – I mean, if, if – Barron, for some reason, doesn't make the trip on Saturday. He's Boyd becomes your QB one one play away. I mean, I said that to you on Saturday. You're one play away from Jake Strong, who had never taken a college snap. So, uh, hey Joyce, six and Joyce six and six equals twelve. Seven plus four is eleven. Thanks for the math lesson. Who said seven plus four? I said six and six. I, anybody helping me? I said six and six is where you get. Yeah. 
Did I say seven to four? I don't think I ever said the word seven to four. Yes, six and six equals twelve. So yeah, I think I think you get to six and six is my prediction. Thanks for the math lesson though. I I realize seven plus four equals twelve. Uh, Christo asks, will Zach Kitley ever realize our best offense is running the ball? Also, will Joey have the guts to fire him if he continues to fail the season? Who will be our next offensive coordinator? <laughs> Three-part question there. All just like rolling the ball faster down the hill. I think Zach Kitley does realize your best offense is running the ball. He's talked about it. He said it, said as much. I don't know if he was um, – I think – I think this can apply to almost every offensive coordinator on the the face of the planet. I think offensive coordinators outthink themselves and outthink the room um, at times, some more than others. But I think you can you can look back at games and and go to offensive coordinators. And again, we are all experts because of offense in the past and video games and all that. No one sits there and says, "Why the heck are we running?" A 3-4 right there against this team. No one says, why do we have a nickel in the game against this this formation? No one does that because we're all offensive geniuses because of video games. But I think absolutely offensive, the actual offensive geniuses overthink things at times. I, I do absolutely believe that. And you get to where you're like, oh, man, they just got too many in the box there, so we're going to run it, go away from the run. Even though you have an all Big Twelve caliber back in your backfield, well, I'll leave you with this: When he had Bailey Zappi, he was a genius. When Gene Chizik was coaching at Iowa State, he was a dunce. When he had Cam Newton, he was a national champion. <laughs> when <laughs> Good Coach, point. Coach Kitley has um, a Tyler Shuck that's not really a runner, in my opinion, and you're running him 75% of the time and he gets broken, and then you go to a Baron Morton who's got a shoulder knocked down, and then you go to a true freshman, it's hard to run the offense. Jimmy's and Joe's matter, and your Jimmy and your Joe and your guy is Taj Brooks, and you have to find a way to get him as, as involved as you possibly can because that's where you need to go right now. We'll have plenty more of this conversation tomorrow. We're done for today. Go Rangers! For Hacks and Lucas, I'm Choice. It's been the End of the Bench on 100.7 Score. This has been the End of the Bench podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 107thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.